The following is sponsored by the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals, proclaiming biblical doctrine to foster a reformed awakening in today's church. Log on AllianceNet.org and listen for more at the conclusion of today's program. This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. This is a feshrift. It's a book of essays dedicated to a particular person. It's the book in honor of and in thanks for Sinclair Ferguson. Hello, welcome to Theology on the Go. I'm Jonathan Master, joined as always by my good friend, James Dolezal. James, how are you today? Glad to be here, and uh, glad we get to talk with our mutual friend. Yeah, this is this is good. We were we were reminiscing um, before we started recording, and it and it's been a while, I guess, since our our current guest has been on theology. I didn't realize it had been that long. I would have I would have certainly tried to rectify this much sooner because we are delighted to to welcome. Uh, our mutual friend, professor of church history at Westminster Theological Seminary, Chad Van Dixorn. Chad, thank you for joining us today. It's a pleasure to be here. And the fact that I haven't done anything interesting for a long time is, is surely the only good reason for not having been on such an exciting That film. can't be true. That can't be true. I'm going to look into it as soon as we get <laughs> off the air. It's just something's, something's flawed in the system. We welcome Chad on today to talk about a a book that he had a hand in editing. It's entitled Theology for Ministry, How Doctrine Affects Pastoral Life and Practice. And it's a volume that has a variety of authors, but is dedicated uh, to Sinclair Ferguson. It's it's meant to honor the life and ministry of Dr. Ferguson. So I, I wondered if we could just start there, Chad, and you wrote a little uh, biographical section in the book about Dr. Ferguson. I wonder if we could just talk a little bit about the purpose of a book like this and and some of the ways in which this this book addresses concerns that were at the heart of Dr. Ferguson's are at the heart of Dr. Ferguson's ministry. Yeah, thank you Jonathan. So, um the title Theology for Ministry uh was was chosen by Rob Edwards and myself early on because it seems it seemed to us as those who sat under uh, Sinclair's teaching ministry at Westminster Seminary that all the theology he was giving us was equipping us not just for the Christian life which is marvelous and wonderful but but also for ministry again and again we could see how uh, the biblical passages he was expounding the doctrines he was teaching what was equipping us to be uh, to be better ministers, uh, more more enriched for our task, um, and and so that that the title says it all. But then, just to make it really clear, there's a subtitle: uh, How Doctrine Affects Pastoral Life and Practice. And so this is a this is a book that anyone can benefit from because it does discuss uh, a number of doctrinal topics, and as you mentioned, closes with a biographical essay that I've written on on Sinclair Ferguson and his ministry. But this is especially geared towards uh, those who are elders and those who are seminary students. Uh, that's our kind of target market here. It seems like each of the authors obviously follow their own pattern, but the basic outline seems to be um, 
a, a description of a certain doctrinal issue or a doctrinal concern. And then it does seem as if every chapter tries to build the bridge and and to explain the importance of it. I'm thinking right now of of uh, Ligon Duncan's um, chapter on adoption, which really uh, does seek to build the bridge between this important doctrine. He makes the case for it. Here, here's why it's biblical, but then shows the the ministry implications of it. So I, it strikes me it would be a perfect, you, you said um, elders in the church, it would be a perfect volume for someone who both wants an introduction to some of these topics and then also wants to understand better how these topics apply to the life of the church. Was that sort of the, the general framework? Yeah. Yeah, that 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 that's right. So just just a, a few things in in response to that. Uh, this is, as you say, it's it's a feshrift. It's a or it's a it's a book of essays dedicated to a particular person. Is the book in honor of and in thanks for Sinclair Ferguson? And in each chapter, we try and show how a different doctrine, Scripture, the Trinity, the decrees, creation, providence, humanity, covenant, and so on. We try and show how each one of these doctrines, properly understood uh, as articulated by Reformed theologians, is going to impact mm -hmm. a Reformed ministry. And so every uh, author was, was asked to write a, a chapter that would, that would do that specifically, not only explain the doctrine, but show how, if we believe this doctrine, how it ought to impact and shape our ministry. Um, and so each of the authors is someone who has engaged in pastoral ministry at some point. Um, and each of the authors is, is a theologian. And so we're asking theologians who have done ministry to talk about how theology impacts ministry. And uh, the way, you know, so that makes it, I, I think, kind of a unique volume of, of theology. Um, it's also a unique feshrift. Most feshrifts are kind of grab bags of essays loosely tied to uh, a theme uh, that the author is particularly well known for. This is a, this is a tightly written book um, where, where each person was given a remit and then charged away and fulfilled it. So we're very thankful for the way it all kind of hangs together. Chad, even as I'm looking through all the various uh, chapters, it, it it also hangs together with a kind of logic of a systematic theology, just in its just in its division of topics, sort of God, decree, creation, providence, man, yeah. Christ, salvation, church, last things, that kind of order. Um, and I, if the, a couple of them stood out to me though as unique in terms of topics, I was thinking particularly of David Strange's chapter on Christian liberty. I thought it was interesting that that rose to the level of a full chapter, but then I I remember Dr. Ferguson Sinclair making a making a large point about Christian liberty in his discussion of Calvin on the Holy Spirit. So even even the choosing of the topics I thought was a great. I mean, I'm I'm guessing this is by design, really intersecting with major themes in Dr. Ferguson's public career. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right. Uh, but but one should not uh, assume that if a topic is missing that Sinclair Ferguson didn't care about oh, it. Right. <laughs> well, that was actually that actually was going to be one of my questions, Chad. I wondered if there were um, I, you can only you can only do so much in, in in one volume. But if there were a volume two, 
are, are, are there things that are major emphases of his public ministry that uh, were, as it were, on the cutting room floor? Well, um, maybe there is a volume two, which will get you on here even even more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, if I, if you were to ask my co-editors, uh, Rob Edwards, who also teaches at at Westminster, and John Ferguson, who's a, a minister in Scotland and, and Sinclair's, Sinclair's son, they might be able to answer that question better. But as I recall, uh, the publisher wanted us to do about 20 topics, and we managed to kind of wrestle out about 26. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and um, I, I suppose that we didn't do anything on the church and the state, and Sinclair has definitely had some interesting, you know, lectures and reflections on that topic. Um, and uh, we don't have anything on marriage. Um, and of course, that's that's something that, uh, you know, he hasn't written a, a book on marriage, but in lecturing through the Westminster Standards and so on, he definitely has uh, obvious convictions and insights into marriage. So there's a number of, of topics that might appear in a confession uh, or in the practical parts of a systematic theology that are not here. But, but we think we've kind of hit the main points, and uh, I, I think it was really important to add missions to this mm -hmm. whole discussion, um, how, how our theology of missions uh, is, is formed from a Reformed perspective, you know, given all these doctrines. What's to say not just about pastoral ministry, but pastoral ministry on the mission field? Chad, I know that James has a couple of questions about the, the chapter you wrote specifically uh, but but I want to ask about the the biographical chapter that comes at the end that you also wrote were there yeah. were there things that you did not already know about uh Sinclair Ferguson or things that you think most people do not know I mean he's well known for his preaching and those who yeah. were were uh, at Westminster Seminary during the years that he was teaching obviously he's, he's well known to them but but were there aspects of his a biography that you think would be uh, of interest or, or were a surprise to you? Absolutely. And this is the most indulgent chapter in the book. Uh, it's, uh, it's more than 30 pages. And it also took me about as much time to write as, 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 uh, as, as one of the books I've written uh, because I had to, because this is supposed to be a surprise for Sinclair uh, and was, and so I couldn't interview him. So there are a couple uh, there are a couple of uh, uh, interviews that Sinclair has online, but most of the material comes from me going through everything that he's ever published, to my knowledge, and looking for any biographical comments in uh, in everything that he's that he's written. Uh, along the way, I, I think it's fair to say that I was able to come to my own understanding, at least of what were the major kind of facets of his life and ministry. I was able to kind of organize my thoughts about Sinclair uh, in, in a way that was, for me at least, uh, refreshing and useful. Um, and then, of course, yeah, there's any number of, of other topics, you know, about his, about his youth and, and education and ministry, kind of sorting things out that I didn't know about, little anecdotes. You, you know, he doesn't talk a lot about himself. But if he talks a tiny bit about of himself in his enormous number of publications, you can eventually kind of piece together a story. Uh, and that's that was the project of these pages. Um, 
And I, I for one, was uh, impressed by the way in which someone who is uh, so gifted as a uh, as a golfer uh, <laughs> ended up having to set aside uh, a lot of time. I mean, if you if you look at how much time he did spend on golfing, uh, he had to set aside one of the loves of his life. Uh, the way the degree to which he was uh, self educated, uh, the number of people that the Lord put in his path to advance his ministry, all very important. Um, and, uh, you know, Sinclair is someone who has labored hard to understand the Lord, but there's also many remarkable providences in, in his life that brought Sinclair into connection with people who could mentor him and, with, uh, and, and into opportunities where, where he could minister to larger numbers of people than most ministers in the northernmost parts of Scotland uh, would ever have a chance to do. Chad, one thing I appreciated in your um, biographical chapter was the access to also non-written materials. Um, it, it looks as though you ransacked uh, the cassette yeah. tapes, set tape libraries uh, at, yeah. at Westminster and, and maybe at RTS as well. Um, and maybe maybe say something about some of us know him as a professor. Many people know him as a professor, but many more know him as a, a conference speaker. Um, I was particularly interested in the section on Sinclair as a professor, and maybe you could make a comment on that since seminary students are one of the targets uh, of your book. Mm -hmm. Sinclair was just such a, um, a remarkable professor. There's almost no one who's ever had his classes who would not, who would not flag the fact that each class began with prayer and that the prayer itself would leave us deeply moved and ready to study theology, ready to understand God, to love him more. Um, this was sort of the, the, the most memorable feature, I think, for most students, the opening prayer. And then as Sinclair would, would lecture, he would also have these sort of flights of fancy. He, was, he could be very whimsical and amuse himself and others with with ludicrous flights of the imagination. This is one of the ways in which Sinclair is just so tremendously amusing. Um, he can spin out scenarios that require so much imagination to develop, but, but they're articulated well. They're just fun to follow. And I just, I just remember a class where, um, and I don't remember if the essay, if the essay mentions this, but, but where he, he would say something and then he'd pause and there'd be the clatter of, of early laptops, which were not very quiet. And those laptops would, uh, would just create a racket. And I guess it began to, uh, <laughs> I, I think it was perhaps irritating him just slightly that the class was now so noisy when he was lecturing. Because these, these were early days. The laptops not only kind of hummed, like, you know, they're about as quiet as washing machines. Um, but then there's the clatter of the keys. He would say something, then there'd be the noise, say something, then the noise. And I think those of us who were writing could, could hear it as well as he could. And, and then he began to, to say, I can just imagine a, a small Midwestern college town where uh, after, after years of, uh, of a kind of electronic or, or mechanical antiphonal response uh, to professors saying something and then everyone pausing as, as, as everyone types, and then he says something, 
and they establish this rhythm that, that the graduates of the town begin to speak in such a way as to, you know, say a few words and then, and then pause and then say a few words. And, and then, you know, he, he spins this out, you know, into generations where they have their own dialect, all because of these <laughs> loud keyboards in class. And of course, as soon as he's done his story, which, which just kind of went on and on. Um, and then with no other comment, he goes back to lecturing. All the typists were trying to type really quietly after that. And uh, some people reverted to pen and paper. But he would just do things like this. But but I, I suppose the other thing that that stood out uh, is just the number of profound insights where we would we would leave the class loving the Lord more, having thoughts in some classes that would mold the rest of our ministries. And uh, these might be just sort of throwaway comments for him, or maybe he knew they weren't throwaway comments, uh, but they were delivered as such sometimes. So yeah, it was a, it was a really tremendous experience. I, I had more classes with him than any other professor um, by, a, by a wide margin, uh, just due to travel, sickness, any number of sabbaticals and so on. He ended up teaching a lot while I was there. And, and Rob Edwards also um, had a lot of classes with him. Yeah. And, and, and John was able to study under his father as well. So we all, we all had our own stories and some of those make their way into the biographical essay. I think this volume is a, is a great testament to just the breadth of his teaching and preaching career, but also as a, as an instrument to, to help others imitate uh, more faithfully, a good pattern that has been left to us and uh, from which so many of us have benefited. And uh, I was going to ask you questions about your chapter, but I think in light of the fact that you're on here as the editor of a Feshrift, maybe it's fitting that we leave it as a commendation of just a, a, a volume well, well assembled and well written. Well, we're very thankful to the publisher for taking on the project. It took them a lot of work, a lot of time, and a bit of risk. Uh, fast shrifts tend not to be good sellers, but this volume we're just extremely grateful for, for how well it's done. And we're grateful because we think it's useful and be, because we're just delighted to see God's servant honored. Chad, thanks for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, we're we're going to make sure that you're on again soon. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what soon means, but sooner than, than the last time. <laughs> uh, brothers, it's, it's, been a, it's been a pleasure. May the Lord bless your work. Well, James, like any book that's edited, um, and particularly a Feshrift that's edited in order to honor a particular individual and thank the Lord for his ministry in a, in a very public way, some of these chapters are going to really be of, of interest to readers, and some might not be now, but will be later. I mean, uh, of course, there's a sense in which it is... Um, you could dip in to one chapter and 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 miss another and then come back later but overall i would say in the main this is this is a worthwhile volume for pastors and for elders to have on their shelf and certainly if for no other reason but for the biographical sections if you have an interest in learning more about dr ferguson's ministry chad's chapter does a, a really nice job of of summarizing some of the key biographical details yeah, that obviously that stands out as a as as he mentioned he he took as much time on it as some book some books he's written so, uh, and I think that will be of interest to readers. But 
also several of the contributors in their own right um, have a long career of contribution on the topics on which they write, uh, so that you're really getting you're really getting something that's in, enriched by years of teaching and research uh, and preaching experience. And that comes through in the quality. Um, obviously, in, in a 26 chapter book, uh, not everything is even, but some of them really do stand out as deeply instructive. I like the idea of using a kind of systematic theology or a confessional order of topics uh, to kind of work through. I think that someone who's teaching systematic theology, who, especially in a seminary setting, who needs to think about how to how to encourage students uh, as aspiring pastors to appropriate the theological topics. I think this is a book that makes that connection. Um, I think I'll be turning certainly to some of these chapters on my own future teaching just for good ideas as to how to bridge from the theological content to the practical pastoral implications that those students really need to have pointed out and instilled in them now. And I think the book serves as that bridge in a good way. Yeah, you're right. That's the strength of the volume. And and that's really the focus as I understand it. And so worthwhile. And if any of you are interested in uh, entering to uh, possibly win a copy of this book, we have a couple copies that we can give away. So you can go to placefortruth.org and click on the Theology on the Go link. There, there will be a drop-down uh, link there for you to enter your information. And, uh, and and if you win, we'd love to send you a copy of the book. And uh, otherwise, if you don't win a copy, we, we'd encourage you to, to buy it. It is a, a little bit of a bigger book. It's a hardcover book, but it is a, a worthwhile book. I think one that you won't just read and forget, but one that you'll want to have on your shelf and go back to uh, for a variety of reasons over the course of, of your, your Christian life. So, we are grateful for the publishers. We're grateful for the editors. And of course, uh, both James and I, in, in different ways, have also been greatly blessed through the ministry of Sinclair Ferguson. And we're grateful to the Lord for, for that work. And it's appropriate to honor him. Thank you for listening to Theology on the Go. If you have a, a topic that you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to reach out to us. We love hearing from listeners. If you're able to donate, uh, you can do that on placefortruth.org or at alliancenet.org. Both of those websites have a donate button because we couldn't do this without the support of listeners like you. If you know someone who might benefit from this podcast, please pass it along. If you can rate and review the podcast, that helps us spread the word. And as always, thank you for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. The Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals is thankful for your support. The Alliance is a coalition of Christians with a passion for the truth of God's Word, upholding biblical doctrine, sharing the gospel, and equipping Christians with trustworthy teaching through broadcasts, publishing, and events. Your generous gifts enable the Alliance to share the message of ultimate hope, which originates not in man, but in what God has done for us in Christ Jesus. As we approach year-end, we need your assistance to raise the funding necessary to finish the year strong and reach even more people in the year ahead. Please join us and help underwrite this teaching and encouraging ministry. Visit AllianceNet.org donate to make a gift online. That's AllianceNet.org donate or call 1-800-488-1888. 
Please consider sending a gift now when the need is so great. Thank you.